0: Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys, and this is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, I am P.S. McKay, and just like President Camacho, I've got a three-point plan to fix everything led by a guy named Not Sure.
1: Uh, and And I'm D.T. Cavman, and fuck Putin. (laughs)
0: The the, the, the State of the Union's tonight, folks, and we're not watching it, so. (laughs) But I I could agree with that last statement, too. So, man. Anyway, a whole lot of stuff has happened. How are things going on your end, DT?
1: Well, aside from a snowstorm that fucked up my weekend and work and everything and the fact that against my better judgment i've been listening to uh news radio basically on, Uh-oh. on uh oh on sirius xm oh boy uh normally i listen to things like nfl network mlb yeah. network's kind of pissing me off right now uh or, or the local <laughs> sports station. Day baseball yeah it's a well, sad sad day for baseball Sad day for baseball. Oh, and Whitey's down. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, when it comes to the <laughs> reverent humor, few things beat it like Family Guy, or not Family Guy. <laughs> that used to be irreverent, but nothing quite has had the same lasting power as The Simpsons.
0: No. <laughs> not only
1: quotable uh, it, 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 at times. Strangely prophetic, and in recent years, even occasionally funny.
0: Oh uh, yeah, occasionally. Although they did do a couple, they did an episode that my son even loves, um, recently, where Bart reads uh, Edna Krabappel's uh, diary. <laughs> oh jeez! Like she found, he found it, and he reads it, thinking that she's writing about him. Like thinking, you know she's writing about this this pupil of hers that she feels is very talented, very smart, but just isn't acting to the point where he's showing its true potential. Mm. And he starts trying in school to try to to uh, honor her 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 spirit for believing oh, in him.
1: Was this after she died?
0: yeah, this this episode literally came out last January like a year ago last January and my son referred me to it. And so I watched it and he's doing better in school. He's getting A's and he's like, I owe it all to her. She made me believe in myself. And then Lisa finds out that the diary, she wasn't writing about Bart. She was writing about her cat and then so Bart goes into the spiral like, well, she didn't she didn't believe in me at all. And I thought she did. And then um, Flanders, who had married Krabappel by this point, I, I don't know if you knew this.
1: I've seen it. Yeah.
0: OK. Um, Flanders, you know, meets him up in the uh, the treehouse and telling Bart, no, she loved you. Uh, at one point, we were all thinking about moving. But she put her foot down and they used old um, audio from Marsha Wallace to put together how she cares for Bart Simpson and she cares for the children of Springfield. And people like Bart Simpson need a teacher like her that believes in them to make sure that they succeed in life. And it's because of Bart that they stayed. And that was a very touching episode. Like, number one, we got to hear Marsha Wallace after seven years of her passing. Um, But two, it was like one of those, you know, very touching moments that you don't see often in The Simpsons anymore.
1: No. Uh, But occasionally, Matt Groening still has it in him to tug on the old heartstrings.
0: (laughs) A little bit. Oh, and
1: speaking of Matt Groening, good news, everyone.
0: Oh, you have good news?
1: John DiMaggio has signed on to Futurama reboot number six or whatever it is. Uh,
0: yeah, it's gotta be at least number six, right?
1: Bender gate <laughs> is over. They oh, announced good. it today. John DiMaggio is back with the cast. They obviously <laughs> met some form of you know what? Fuck it. These guys, whoever brokered this deal, needs to go over and talk to the major league baseball. They gotta get that shit done. But Good news, everyone.
0: That's I'm good, back, baby. Bender <laughs> is back. Now kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> Bite my shiny metal ass. Oh, I know that, but you kiss it too. Quite, so, you. but you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, that's good news. I didn't hear that today. That's nice to hear. God, we need some of that. So very good. Very good. Um, we got dead air, DT. Anything else you want to add?
1: Uh, well, I'm uh, praying for speedy arrival of all sorts of anti-tank and anti-aircraft munitions and weapon systems to the brave people of Ukraine.
0: Yes, absolutely. Do you know how but that would happen?
1: Poland. Poland, Poland, Hungary, they've all got to be shuttled in there.
0: Wouldn't those train lines be a target, though?
1: Yeah, probably. But they're, they're, gonna, they're probably going to, like, wake up at the border, and there's going to be, like, Ukrainian forces that are going to, like, pick it up, and mm. it will be done in the cover of night, and, you know, they'll, it'll be, you know, probably... With a big sign painted in Cyrillic, not weapons
0: (laughs) on the side. You know, I heard Russia doesn't have access to the GPS system. Uh,
1: That's because, like, Google Maps cut them off.
0: No, like, they never had access.
1: I know, but, like, that's, like, what they were going to have to use, and Google cut them off. (laughs) <laughs> Elon Musk just sent in like a shitload of his uh space his internet over... terminals yeah, yeah. I, I mean the state of New Hampshire and their famous state liquor stores are refusing to sell russian made <laughs> alcohol
0: products uh-huh
1: the state of Massachusetts is currently i think had a bill or something uh a motion to ban all imported russian products right now the russian economy is spiraling down the toilet
0: oh the ruble is worth less than 1 cent right now and by the way have you seen our inflation it's not like it's not like the dollar's gaining in value right now
1: <laughs> <clears throat> the united states nato other non nato countries have i think i saw 30 trillion barrels in their own, per, you know, national oil reserves just to kick the Russian habit.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. Still, I know it's a, it's a, it's a message, but it's something that we, should, <laughs> if I were to go into it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be, a, I shouldn't have even mentioned it.
1: Anyway, Look, man, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is, is, um, short of boots on the ground in a no-fly zone, there uh, and possibly a naval blockade, the the countries of the world, Switzerland. <laughs> cut,
0: when, cut if you if off. you make Switzerland take a side, you know you've done fucked up.
1: Exactly, <laughs> the Swiss have finally said fuck you.
0: I I will say I am thoroughly impressed with how Europe has responded to this aggression i honestly thought that they would keel over wait for our wait for our uh, lead on this and our lead let's be honest was well let's hit them with sanctions but not with the banking system and not with the oil the stuff that hurts them no,
1: and then europe that. was
0: like nope fuck you we're gonna be doing all that stuff yeah like Germany stops their Nord Stream pipeline. The uh, IMF decides to cut them out of SWIFT uh, for their banking. It's just insane. And then, and then, and then, now what we're doing is we're playing catch up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think we just offered to send something like three hundred million dollars in aid to Ukraine. So I don't think the rest of the world is coughing up that much
0: no no but i mean hats off chapeau to europe for for taking a stand and realizing the real global political situation and, and realizing that they've got a bite
1: they've you know? got to do something because the russians are on their fucking doorstep and a lot of these countries like poland romania uh estonia latvia all of these places that used to be soviet states that are kind of enjoying this pseudo-democracies and free market economies and trade with the West. Mm-hmm. Don't want this shit. No. Like, wait, the Soviet? You, no, fuck that. <laughs> Ew. Uh, Poland's definitely like, wait, Soviet Union?
0: <laughs> nope. Yeah.
1: We keep I getting have... wiped off the map of Europe every hundred years. Fuck that. Yeah. I and think now there's the...
0: a way out. And we want that way out. <sighs> so.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if soon enough you start seeing you you might start seeing the militaries of some of these and granted they're smaller countries, but if you start seeing a small mobilization along their own borders to remind the Russians we're all in this together, bitch. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if they they said, "Uh, "Could you guys do it? to like." You know us and the Brits and you know people with bigger militaries and <laughs> and, and more powerful weapons,
0: can you answer me this? Um, probably not well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. I heard that like twenty years ago, our defense spending budget was seven percent, so all of our all of our expenses were seven percent of our budget for defense right Mm, yes now I hear it's only three percent of the budget
1: well you gotta look who's in office
0: right but that's also uh... all right well I don't have the data points to show when all those budget changes happened but does that sound right like we're only spending three percent of our budget on defense now
1: we spend more on our budget than most nations do
0: no we do and yes we've got the number one economy in the world so our three percent is vastly superior to anyone else's three percent or five percent or seven percent but still that feels rather alarming to me especially given the the instability of the current geopolitical climate (laughs) uh
1: well you know when it comes to uh our budget you know they've been trying to scale it back for the last decade plus since you know
0: i know clinton started it i mean he started yeah, shutting but down whole foreign back. bases
1: it, yeah but then it ramped up after nine eleven, and was at like churning out left and right you know up to like 2009 2010 then the obama administration started ramping it down drastically cutting, pulling us out of Iraq and whatnot. Trump started... And you felt advancing. that. Yeah, oh yeah. Not in a good way. Right. Trump was building, not quite as drastic, but he was building.
0: Well, he was uh, and- also... He was also... He wasn't ramping any other like engagements either.
1: <clears throat> no, but he... Uh, who, Trump? Yeah. Well, we did <clears throat> kind of cycle a lot more troops through North uh, through South Korea and occasionally to Europe, but they were they weren't like deployments. They were oh, rotations. So they were like 6 to 9 months we were, you know, we were doing joint training with host nations and Yeah. We were in a lot of countries under Trump. We just weren't like fighting a lot of wars. You know. but
0: you, but okay fair enough and what about all these these stories about logistical nightmares with the russian army and in ukraine do you yeah. believe that
1: uh yes i do very much so <laughs> no i'm serious i'm not even joking. i know
0: i know you're serious i, I love i uh, i'm actually i'm laughing in delight at it um why why are they having such bad logistical nightmares not that you're an expert in, in Russian military affairs and whatnot, but
1: no, from a logistic
0: standpoint, you, you you know the general outlay of how an army would work.
1: Well, something that we do, and it's... All right, here's something very simple. Omar Bradley, five-star general, World War II hero. Omar Bradley... Bradley, Bradley uh, not a tank. He's not a tank. Is a... Infantry fighting vehicle or a scout right. vehicle, not, not tanks.
0: I'm sorry. Hey, listen, the fact that I knew that it was a vehicle at all, just give me some credit. I meant no disrespect.
1: I appreciate it. I spent most of my career in Bradley's, which I love. <laughs> yeah. They are a very awkward-looking uh, piece of equipment, but they can pack a punch. <laughs> that being said, Omar Bradley quoted as saying, Amateur study tactics. Professional study logistics. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's deep, man. It is. Napoleon was basically quoted as saying something along the lines of an army marches on its stomach. And if you look at our makeup, there are more actually uh, of our military Far more than half of our military, at least in the Army, is support structure and support units more than infantry units or tank units or artillery units. Because you need maintenance, you need uh, transportation, you need uh, ammunition oh. with ordnance, you need medical, you need food. Yeah, your culinary. You need your fuel. You need uh water. Yeah. All all manner of medical, uh, dental, veterinary, legal, religious, all of these things. Um tied in that fall under these the support blanket. Your military police, your uh Transportation aircraft, you know, your your transport vessels. It's all about the supply chain. One of the reasons we were able to. And granted, it's 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 now March. But here's something for you history nerds to look up. The famous Red Ball Express, which was uh, basically uh, a, a unit of African American truck drivers that spent a good chunk of World War II after uh, shuttling supplies from the beachheads at Normandy to the troops as they pushed into Germany. Without those mm. critical supply lines being run by those individuals, you we would not have been able to, have push been able into to take Germany. Europe. Yeah, not at least not as quickly or as effectively. You protect your supply lines. Logistics is huge. It's dull. It's boring, (laughs) but it is the most necessary thing. If you don't have ammunition, if you don't have food, water, clothing, equipment, if you don't have medics, if you don't have uh, engineers, if you don't have all of these things, you can't fight and win a war. All right? We talk about something called preventative maintenance, meaning you go ahead and you, it's like making sure you get your oil changed every few thousand miles on your car, right? Yep. Changes out the windshield wipers, rotating your tires, cleaning your car, particularly doing, you know, washing your car and getting like a good undercarriage wash up here in the north after all the salt and sand gets up in there. You know, the better you take care of your stuff, the longer it'll last.
0: Yeah,
1: you know that's the that's basically the point, and that's what we call an operator-level task. The soldier, the marine, the the navy, uh, the sailor, the airman, the coastie, the guardian for Space Force. Whatever your equipment is, you've got to put hands on in part of the upkeep. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. The guardian for space force has to make sure that the batteries in their Xbox controller are fully charged. That makes sense. Yeah, very much. So. <laughs> come and, on, laugh. Just laugh. Just laugh. I know there's more to logistics the, 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 in space force than than that. It's just, it's a. Come on, it's a joke. Hey man, <laughs> it's it's
1: it's a joke. Um, but it's also true. Not, it is not for so much, air not Force so has
0: those same controllers yes
1: <laughs> right batteries um you know uh, there's certain type of batteries that run radios and yeah uh, space force right now is very much all technological push button you know not I mean it's still fledgling you know it's not Probably like more hacking
0: and programming than anything right now
1: satellites and stuff so it, it's it's but um, okay,
0: so you've explained that. Now, why are you not surprised about the logistics problems with Russia?
1: Um, and I'm not to toot my own horn, but the U.S. military is probably the best logistical military in the world. I mean, look at where we are. We're stationed in dozens of countries around the world. Okay, yep. we have entire reg. We have an entire division of airborne troops we have separate brigade of airborne troops we can get combat troops on the ground anywhere within 72 hours mm-hmm. we can get our even small armor support in there within like 96 hours
0: so you're saying with our experience in logistics Russia doesn't have that experience so they're more prone to these mistakes from the get-go.
1: Well, it's not only that. It's also the fact that we train it. We put a lot of training in our people. Okay?
0: And it's a volunteer army, too. It's not it's a, a conscription. volunteer
1: army. We're pretty experienced right now, too, with all the different things we have to do. Right. But we... Teach our people. Yeah. The, the the old Soviet doctrine, which is also kind of a Russian doctrine, is overwhelming force. It's still the same as it is from, you know, the, the Cold War times.
0: Well, they don't have the same population like they used to.
1: <laughs> no, but they still have a ginormous population and a fairly large military. And as you see, that's what they're doing. They're just throwing... Shit, after, water
0: into the fire,
1: basically. Um, and of, of course. You know, at least under the Soviet Union. There wasn't as much regulation on how you built your your gear. So one T-72 main battle tank, you know, like some that might roll off from one plant won't be the exact same as something that rolls off from another plant and a T-72 that was built in nineteen. 75 may or may not be the same as a tank built in 1976 because of again their logistics was not always great even when they developed great equipment like the t-72 was a very good main battle tank right it does not like the
0: mig right the mig was a great and, plane
1: the, and they've had varying levels of migs and in the russian their tanks t you know and the World War II was like the T-34 and then it was the T-54 and I think they had T-62s, T-72s, T-80s, T-90s, which I think they're still both their military is still like T-72s, T-80s from like the 70s and 80s because, mm-hmm. um, you know, after the Cold War, a lot of their economy collapsed on themselves their military, and, of course, a lot of this stuff ended up being sold to other countries or, you know, being left in breakaway countries like Ukraine and right. other places.
0: All right. So. Huh. so this is not a surprise to you that their overwhelming force is stopped, is stopped three miles into their campaign because they ran out of gas.
1: The running out of gas, uh, They're stealing I heard the food reports.
0: from the supermarkets. I mean,
1: I heard reports that Russian citizens were like driving food up to the border, which was being like sent to the troops because it's a you know their logistics suck, and it's not really a surprise. I mean. Their equipments falling apart on the road. Obviously either they don't have the parts or their people aren't that well trained. Sounds there's reports that their troops aren't as well trained.
0: No. Um, TikTokers are finding abandoned APCs and doing videos on how to get them started and steal them.
1: Well, if we if Ukrainians can steal this shit back and use it against the Russians, all the power to them.
0: Right. Get a proper flag on it first, though. But
1: uh... <laughs> I think a giant middle finger will do
0: just fine. Just just might be fine. Well, well uh, just what uh,
1: this this military uh, history and logistics lesson. Um, it's fun. Now, imagine if I actually had a true logistician on here. That well, would be yeah. so fun. We would lose tons of viewers.
0: <laughs> well, no. no
1: No offense to my friends who are logisticians It's just not the most interesting topic in the world Especially if you tuned in To listen to those sci-fi guys Bullshit and riff About all the ridiculous Sci-fi, pseudo-sci-fi
0: I honestly Steampunk superhero, whatever I find logistics amazing Because They are I, 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 I personally am interested in it Because it's not about it's not about like how the CEO is able to make the the company. It's like, well, I found I I was able to get some venture capital, venture capitalists, and you know put, get some seed money, and I put it towards this. My question is not, well, did you get the money? Because that's obvious. My question is, how do you find a venture capitalist? Like that's a logistical question. You don't. And, and yet for some reason
1: people venture capitalists huh? find you.
0: Uh, well, that's the thing, right? But, I mean, people don't ask those questions. Like, it, it's just assumed that we're supposed to know. But no one no one thinks that way, which, you know, bothers me. But I, 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 logistics is an amazing thing for me, and World War I was an amazing example of logistics trying to just redefine itself as all these troops were deploying on the Western Front.
1: Well, you have static positions that weren't moving much your supply lines occasionally were but I'm
0: just... talking about the early days like when they're pushing twenty thousand troops up through Belgium in a day and this is on horseback and like so you you needed food for the horses and and uh latrine programs and I mean it was just it I mean, they were sending 30,000 troops a day on a, a railway network. And you have to have, like, shelter for these troops. You know, it was, it, this is all, what gave me the idea was Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Um, Blueprint for Armageddon, his little series there on World War I. Really fascinating listen if you, if you are so inclined.
1: Uh, maybe. I actually like the history guy on YouTube.
0: Oh yeah, he, he he he's good too. I can send you I don't know if he Dan Carlin it, i mean literally these podcasts each episode's like four or five hours long. It's amazing. But it gives you a completely different perspective on everything. Like Ludendorff. I knew who Ludendorff was before Please don't say from Woman. Wonder Woman. I know I knew who Ludendorff was before Wonder Woman. Oh well that's <laughs> so and i'm like pretty sure ludendorff didn't do that but okay
1: (laughs) do not forget my friend that you were talking to somebody who was not only published in a history magazine but i was also uh have given a battlefield tour of the battle of gettysburg
0: oh this is true this is true Well, okay
1: shall i show my my reference
0: now or later
1: I, I do enjoy my military history. <laughs> I've, well, I've, you tried, should. I've tried to make a little of my own.
0: <laughs> and and you did. And you did. Well, speaking of history, I think that's a good segue into our topic here. So, which is a bit different from what we've typically done. And I think this is something that we can always come, we can come back to later. Um. Anyway. I don't know what your thoughts are. I know that you are completely, completely unprepared for this because you forgot what we were going to talk about. But that's fine.
1: I, I fully <laughs> admit that. But when <laughs> does that ever
0: stop me? <laughs> okay. So this episode's about when science fiction comes true in real life. So now I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with my big one. Okay. And we, we, it doesn't have to be big, long dives in these episodes or anything. But this is what inspired me. The Deep Space Nine Season 3 epi- two-part episode, Past Tense.
1: Oh, that's such a good episode. And uh, is it rough?
0: It is rough. Now, for those who might not be too familiar, Jadzia, Dr. Bashir, and Commander Sisko. He's not captain yet.
1: All right, let's 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 be honest. The entire uh, senior staff of Deep Space Nine go to Earth to talk to Starfleet Command about, I think it's probably the Dominion.
0: It's an update on the, the Dominion status, yeah.
1: You're right. So everybody, including Odo, which is absolutely, <laughs> makes no sense. I, I, oh, wait, well, I guess it makes
0: sense because we He just was there to give it. Changeling intelligence and stuff. Right.
1: So, but still, like, everybody heads to earth okay on and this the is the
0: episode that i learned that it was officially stated that uh o'brien was an enlisted man yes <laughs> he openly says that's why i stayed enlisted
1: he's he's openly enlisted
0: yep openly openly stated so there's this big dinner that everyone's that everyone's supposed to go to, but the only people required are Captain, uh, Commander Cisco, Doctor Bashir, and Jed Dax, Lieutenant Jadzia Dax.
1: Because they're all the officers.
0: They're the off, the senior uh, staff officers. So they beam down to San Francisco, but they end up in San Francisco of 2024, August 30th, to be specific, which is a Friday, technically correct. And it turns out that they were sent back in time because of a problem with a buildup of chroniton particles due to the usage of the cloaking device, and then there was a big uh, subspace wave that came through at the time. Totally There's makes no sense babble. To me. Takes take, totally t- it makes sense to me. Anyway, the reason why this has been percolating on the back of my head: in I lived in Los in Angeles
1: in California, living
0: in California. Now, yeah. Sanctuary
1: districts, that's what they are, right?
0: They are, practically.
1: And what what do we have in California but... Sanctuary cities?
0: Sanctuary cities, yeah. All of them. All of them. So, but literally, I I mean, I went to school. I went to college in L.A., right? And you're a little insulated. That was my choice. I'll stand by it. But... As, soon as, as Well,
1: I, you should I
0: did. <laughs> so I made the right choice then. Um, but after seeing the homeless problem that has developed itself and I took my family down to L.A. for a big New Year celebration back in December of twenty nineteen. Right. During mm-hmm. the good old days. Um, We got to see Frozen at the Pantages Theater on Sunset in Hollywood. We got to go to Harry Potter World. We got to see the Spatial Endeavor. Um, But there were so many homeless encampments just out everywhere. Tents everywhere. You're driving through Beverly Hills, through the Hasidic District, and there are just tents Everywhere. Just rows and rows of tents. And I'm just sitting here driving through going.
1: Wait, the Hasidim in tents?
0: No. No, they're walking around the tents. but
1: I didn't think so.
0: <laughs> no. But they're they're walking around the tents. And all I could think of was this feels like a sanctuary district. Which in Star Trek lore, a sanctuary district is a place where the government takes people who don't have work who have lost their homes and gives them, quote, an opportunity to get better and to find a new job. And in the meantime, find shelter and get, you know, food until they can get up back on their feet. It
1: was, it was supposed to be like government housing where people had a shot at jobs, but basically Mm -hmm. what they ended up doing was herding them into a concentration camp.
0: It was essentially a concentration camp. Yes.
1: It's like what these, uh, has become in sanctuary cities mostly on the west coast as well as these weird i don't know lawless free towns and like seattle and other places oh
0: seattle san francisco la is right there san diego you don't hear anything about san diego by the way
1: no because they put them where the chargers used to play and nobody cares (laughs)
0: I don't think that's true i'll have to look that up
1: but <laughs> no but it would be a great problem solver right it's
0: yes not like,
1: like that and it's not like the chargers had a huge fan base anyway otherwise you wouldn't have been able to pull them out of fucking san diego
0: no no it's not like they've got a big fan base in la either but you know whatever um but I again, I, I was thinking, wow, this is real. And then I found out just the other day that that episode—I knew it took place in the near future, back in nineteen
1: ninety-six. <laughs> oh, when I it's really it. near now, dude. It
0: happened in twenty twenty-four, and I'm sitting here going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like it's all of it shaping up to happen. Like is—I I mean there's no solution. And Doctor Bashir actually is sitting here going. In the waiting room at the entrance to the sanctuary districts, most of these people are mentally ill. They need to be treated. And no one's doing anything about it. And it's so true. That's exactly what's happening right now.
1: You know what you could have heard over that is this the speech from, uh, you could almost hear Ebenezer Scrooge. Are there no poor houses? And. <laughs> prisons or whatever Mm -hmm. many of them would rather die than go to one of those places
0: right right yeah right but i mean the discussion about mental health though is a different thing dr dr drew pinsky is a big opponent of bringing back not a not not mental asylums but mental health facilities
1: um he's a proponent of them or yeah
0: of bringing them back but reformed
1: yeah yeah i
0: I, know i know but i mean there is a way to do it we we learned a lot of hard we learned a harder a lot of hard lessons about it um but all i know is i'm seeing la which was pretty darn clean in 2000 and then in 19 in 2019 I'm I'm walking around in Beverly Hills with whole miles of tents on sidewalks.
1: Those are just out of work actors.
0: Ah, yeah. Sure. Ninety five percent of homeless people are mentally ill. Or and plastic- you, know what?
1: you know what else is another high population of homeless?
0: Uh yeah, veterans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Due to mental illness
1: Mental illness or the PTSD The the inability of A lot of people to Accept that which They create that's what they Need yeah in times Of defense
0: absolutely Absolutely And and that that's a tragedy and We see this Play out In Star Trek and I'm sitting here going This is coming true
1: when science fiction becomes science fact, that's really basically—that's basically the point of our episode tonight, folks. Yeah, past absolutely. tense is brutal. It—they actually kind of highlight the fact that it takes riots and like a fucking death. gunfight and death and a storming of one of these sanctuary districts to called,
0: uh,
1: basically encourage reform,
0: real change, right?
1: Which happened right up until World War III hit like ten years, like twenty years <laughs> later for this. Like, great. Woohoo. It took yeah. us took us this long and then nukes dropped. Boom. Welcome uh-huh. to Star Trek, folks. This is the dark side. You're I you're in they, Deep Space Nine where not they, everybody has a happy ending.
0: I think the majority of North America came out okay in World War Three. I think it was mostly Asia that really took the brunt of it all. At least according to Star Trek lore, because you see a lot of references to to Asian costumes and stuff. They don't really they don't really spell it out, but
1: well, it wasn't that where Khan kind of started his empire.
0: Yeah, Khan eugenics, started his empire. I know the eugenics Australia war
1: was uh, separate from World War Three, but you know they've retcon the this uh, numerous times. So. Yeah.
0: No, he took over Australia, parts of India, like one quarter of the earth. And it was all based in South, uh, South Asia, Oceania. So, well, we got that waiting for us, too.
1: <laughs> what, the eugenics wars? All you need to do is watch sports.
0: We do have the eugenics wars. Think about it. No, it's not. No, we're talking like true genetics. Look at China. They are full-fledged moving into human genome uh, corrections. And how they how they created a human embryo that was that was genetically resistant to the HIV virus? Do you think that that's all they're practicing?
1: Well, when they go ahead and uh, invade uh, you know, some neighbor with uh, you know, neo sapiens, I think we'll know. <laughs>
0: And then it'll probably be too late. So. All right. Well well let's, let, let's let's
1: kind of go in this direction. So which which franchises have we already talked about that has either had genetic engineering go sideways or artificial intelligence? Um, all of them.
0: All of them, yeah.
1: Babylon five, that's artificial intelligence. Space above and beyond artificial intelligence and genetic
0: engineering. Genetic engineering. engineering. Yeah.
1: Star Trek both plus the Borg which is a
0: combination. Right. You've got yeah.
1: I mean you had the Cybernetist, you know, soon you had the Borg, you had the
0: uh the the entire theogenic. reason for Black Mirror.
1: Yeah, you've got <laughs>
0: technology-wise
1: the uh, uh, uh exosquad. Yep. Uh, um, Star Wars, Wars, the Clone Wars,
0: the Clone Wars, yeah, the, the the
1: yeah, a genetically engineered army on one side and a droid army on the other, right? You know? uh, what else? Oh, um, superhero movies, right? Super Soldier Serum,
0: Serum, Super Soldier Serum, yeah, Ultron,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, right? AI <laughs> gone gone sideways, Terminator, come on. That's no. just like the top of the line, right there. And well, our AI is getting better and better. Look, one of the big wins for the Ukrainians was a drone strike. Okay. True. True. One-man vehicles. Uh, Elon Musk is like trying to yeah, self-driving cars and trucks, and <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a there's probably a cavern of Elon Musk clones, like Palpatine. You know.
0: To harvest his organs for, for everything.
1: (laughs) It's that, that's, that's that's where we're at. My friend,
0: you're, you're skewing out all these examples of how things go bad and you're right. But guess what? In this world, do you know which countries are doing the bad things?
1: The, the AI,
0: the, 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 the human genome engineering.
1: Oh, we're doing not us.
0: It's not us. We're doing oh, we're, the AI.
1: We're doing the AI. I mean, look We're at definitely
0: doing the AI.
1: Apple, uh, all, all of our tech companies, you know, are doing AI. And when Skynet takes over, I'll probably be too old to be as great as I once was to fight them.
0: Uh, I'll say this. I, I, I heard an expert on AI talk about how once you reach the singularity point with artificial intelligence... You will have an intelligence being sitting there in a box, technically. Let's just say that, right? You can imagine it in a box. And it will be able to develop the next 10,000 years of technology within the span of an hour. Or the next 10,000 years of philosophy or ethics within the span of minutes.
1: I don't know. I'm not really impressed with our philosophy as it is.
0: All I'm saying is that that's that's what you would technically get with with the supreme A.I. Now, which countries would not want that kind of influence, that kind of resource? None. They would all want it. They would all want it. And so we're all on this due to the tragedy of the commons. We're on this barreling course for this A.I. that with the promise of being perfect can give us. 10,000 years of knowledge in an hour or a week or, you know, maybe a year. And it can turn on us at any point at the same time. And yet with that promise, we still have to go after it. Because if we don't go after it, someone else is going to go after it. And then we risk not being able to fight back.
1: Yeah, it's coming, folks.
0: The singularity is coming, and there's no way to stop it because of the tragedy of the commons. Which, do you know what the tragedy of the commons is?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's what happens when they shut off the tap at the House of Commons in England.
0: (sighs) Do I fucking stutter?
1: (laughs) Hey, Robin Williams once said the House of Commons was like Congress with a two-drink minimum.
0: It is. It is. That's true. All right, tragedy of the commons, plain and simple. A neighborhood is told that they can't water their lawn for more than five minutes a day.
1: Oh, so right? we're talking about an HOA.
0: Something like that, right? But there's one there's one house that decides that, hey, I'm going to fucking water for 20 minutes a day. No one's ever going to know. And then the neighbor sees that. And goes, well, I'll water for 10 minutes a day. It's not going to be as bad as 20 minutes a day. The other goes, I'll do 15. And then before you know it, because the reason why they had to ration everything, because they didn't have enough water. Because of the tragedy of the commons that one person breaking the rule, everyone else is going to break the rule, too. Because otherwise, you're not going to have a green lawn and you're going to be judged.
1: It, it's also You run out of water. It's also resource inequity.
0: Well, it's resource equity, because everyone's entitled to the same amount, but they take more.
1: Yeah, and see, this is the problem with the communist countries. Everybody's supposed to have the same, but who ends up... Somehow, you have billionaires in a in a socialist country.
0: <laughs> How does the, that and, work? And that's why communism doesn't work either. Nope. So, but... You know, that that's that's the tragedy of the commons right then and there. Mm -hmm. I talked with an award winning uh, um, economist about this at a wedding while I was really drunk off my ass.
1: What a dumbass.
0: No, it was great. It was awesome. I had the best time. He had a best time. I was dumb. No, I basically said, just teach me. (laughs) I want to know everything. So (laughs) I don't need to dance. I would like a, a, a lesson in, in economics, please. So
1: everybody needs to dance.
0: Uh true. So, anyways, everybody so that's the needs big, to,
1: but not all of us should.
0: No. Well, that that's why I didn't need to dance. So that's the big overall part with with um past tense. Past tense inspired me to realize, oh my god, the tr- the future is closer than we appear. And it's not like the vices and everything. That was the first social commentary that made me realize, oh, my God, that really is getting out of control to the point of sci-fi standards. Uh, yes. So. Yes.
1: Uh, I mean, and, and we can look at every Star Trek series with something to a degree. Uh, they're probably the best at it. I mean, it's really hard to not... Say that. I mean, this was basically the point of the show in the first place, right?
0: Right, exactly. So
1: you get all of these social commentaries, but what you also get is the strange and bizarre factoids of uh, fiction becoming reality. Exactly. Now, we could also say that there's a lot of um, influence that it has. Like, look at technology where people wanted flip phones why because they looked like star trek communicators and we have tablets that look like those pads that they were carrying around oh and by the way if you want a hilarious piece of fact i just learned the original pads from the original series that they had the little stylus and whatnot Uh uh-huh you want to know what those were Super cheap, super easy. We all had them as kids. Those little Trapper slates. Keepers? No, the little slates with the little plastic cover that you would draw with a oh, stylus on. Oh, that's great. And, and they, would they put the... like
0: a red a red light and a, a white light at the top. Right.
1: That's exactly <laughs> what they did. They just slapped some plastic around it with little lights. But the guy was still right around with a stylus. That yeah. was the pad of the original series.
0: I forgot for about that. Have bucks. you seen that technology anywhere lately? I haven't seen that anywhere.
1: Oh, one of those things? Yeah. Yeah, you find them in like... Uh,
0: dollar stores?
1: Dollar stores and, you know, tourist traps
0: and shit. Okay. I'll have to look. That's funny. But yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, another thing from past tense that makes me think of everything. When Cisco and um, Bashir wake up... They lost their combat, badge, right?
1: Well, yeah, they fell asleep on the floor in California. They got robbed. In the middle
0: of San Francisco. They got robbed. Again, another example. Anyway, Jadzia uh, materialized in the subway entrance, so she was kind of out of view. So yeah. her comm badge wasn't stolen, but she didn't have any ID or money. So it looked like she was robbed when uh, a, a CEO, good do a do-gooder, finds her and helps her. Bring him, bring her to his office to try to recollect her ID oh, and stuff.
1: All right, let let's be honest. He, he was a do gooder, but he stopped because she was gorgeous. Okay.
0: Yep. No, no, no. Don't. I, I know his ulterior motive. She knows her his ulterior motive, but it wasn't said.
1: <laughs> no. But he ended up being a decent enough dude. He did wasn't like putting his hands all over. But if that nope. had been some poor schlubby fat dude or maybe a person of color who knows
0: <laughs> uh, well yeah he would have walked right by absolutely absolutely but my my point is like he was saying to her well you got to have your id or you have to have your credit your, uh, your 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 credit chips or something with you because you can't walk right. out on the streets openly without having that and i'm sitting here going oh my god We've entered the world. We're we're coming out of it finally, thank God. But we have our vaccine passports on our phones. We could we you know we would have been kicked out of places, you know, in New York or San Francisco if we didn't have them. I mean, there are a lot of places where I live, you wouldn't be, but and where you live, you probably wouldn't be. But it's still a thing,
1: right? Well, and look, let's go ahead and say it. What it is? Yes, is it? Personal ID, yeah. It, it was it. It's not like the star that they made the Jews wear, folks. Okay? Stop saying that shit. Your your vaccine card <laughs> was not the fucking.
0: I know yeah, that. I'm not, no, I'm not I'm, equivalating I'm, just saying,
1: I'm saying people overreacted to it. You don't want to but, die. And to I'm not equivocating that go. either. No, I know. I'm just making a point here.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Well, but that being said, was it a pain? You're not allowed aspect? to
0: be on the street. I'm no, sorry, and, and of course,
1: off. this was definitely more of an extreme, right? You could be stopped at any point, you know, and somebody say, "A, hey, uh, you know, where's your, where's your ID?" Right. You know, and there's a lot of debates, particularly in places that have sanctuary districts and autonomous zones, uh, what constitutes, you know, liberty and freedom and what constitutes security and government oppression. There's a million and one things that we need ID for that. Nobody bitches about. You know what they want? They want, you know, stricter gun laws and IDs. You know, valid background checks for guns. They don't you know it you know there's gonna be a give and take there was you remember Captain America Civil War what kind of what it what what his caps kind of um argument him and fury's argument was
0: Fury's argument was we're gonna stop stop a lot of wars before they even begin
1: right, but it was security versus freedom right yep What amount of your liberty do you give up for certain amounts of security? That was the discussion with the Patriot Act when it came out. It was still valid.
0: Still a valid question.
1: Right. It was the argument in Captain America Civil War, the registration. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, this is all about safety. And Rogers is like it's all about independence. And, you know, I I think at one point, you know, if they had really just – Gone to, uh, you know, Fenway to old Fenway and just stood in the troughs and measured. They might have been able to come to this equity without breaking up the Avengers. <laughs>
0: Jesus. I don't even quite get that, but it's Fenway and it's and it's, it's Chris. It's well, they Chris used Evans, to have troughs.
1: So <laughs> you stand in a trough to take a leap.
0: Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. It's a it.
1: measuring contest, dude. It
0: is a measuring contest. All right. Yeah yeah. Uh, anyway... That was the first thing that came to mind, but I hoped you weren't that crass, but you were.
1: <laughs>
0: well, look. <laughs> there,
1: there was definitely... Uh, things becoming reality, right? Yeah. All right, so... things al- There was a lot of allegories to things going on. The high ground in, in The Next Generation, which was basically a... Thinly-veiled reaction to, you know, the bombings in Northern Ireland and all this stuff. But stuff like that happened in Vietnam, too. Uh, In, like, Saigon, you know, when the VC was bombing things in there, there was bombings in Iraq and Afghanistan. So terrorism. We got to see. Some of it I don't know how much predictive it was, but we talk about. Well, I mean, The Simpsons made a joke about President Trump, and then it came true. So. Yeah,
0: that was their fault, uh. <laughs> and they they don't want they they don't want to be remembered for that. <laughs> they backpedaled that one real hard.
1: <laughs> I mean, with the amount of content they've churned out over. 30 plus years they were bound to just randomly hit stuff right
0: of course that's the that's the funny part i mean you're absolutely correct and and i laugh at people going is there some psychic on the simpsons writing team and i'm like no stop (laughs) it be stupid don't be stupid jesus (laughs) but my what my original point was was uh, the guys lost their communicators in past tense. And Jazia couldn't contact them, nor could she locate them.
1: Because the communicators
0: are also a locator else. beacon.
1: Hmm. I'm sorry, what? I think she couldn't connect with anyone else.
0: No, <laughs> no, exactly. Because not on the same network, I guess. But uh, that's what our phones are. They're our communicators. Like, we can be traced. We can, And the government can find us anywhere. They know where exactly we are.
1: They're almost a lot more like the communicators that they got in, this, in the future in Discovery, which you know could all you know they were like transporters. They're all this little shit because our cell phones, you know, are, are basically a combination of any number of technologies:
0: tricorders, okay? pads.
1: Yeah, I mean they're like mini pads. They're communicators. They're they were computers. Their telephones. You want to analyze
0: the weather? You just pull up AccuWeather where you are. So you're standing out where you are, and it pulls up all the weather that analyzes where what what's going on. Like (laughs)
1: these these replaced MP3 players. They flashlight. This has got a fucking flashlight.
0: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) That wasn't their first thought either to do that.
1: (laughs) I mean. People watch as much shit on their phone nowadays as they do on TV, tablets. I mean, remember, there was a time where the phones got smaller. And then yes. they got, now they're huge. They're like <laughs> mini they're tablets again. I swear, it's like a uh, 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 Kindle Fire. That's like the size of phones nowadays. Hello?
0: Oh, my God. It, it's getting to that point. I mean, the the I have, I have a 12 Max, right? A 12 Pro Max which you could barely see. This is this is about the limit that I can handle.
1: Oh. You see I have an ancestor of Mr. Data.
0: <laughs> an Android. Yes. <laughs> but I mean Android was the way it paved the way for the larger screens. You know?
1: Right. And so yeah, but I mean, how many NASA uh, engineers and physicists and, and and uh, you know, these scientists and engineers that grew up watching Star Trek that said, yeah, I want to make that, that have. I mean, you go ahead and you go through, like, Caltech and particularly probably, like, when we were going to college, I can guarantee you there was a lot of these engineers and, and, and science, you know, majors, and all these guys were like, Oh yeah, I'm a Star Trek fan. NASA's loaded <laughs> yeah, they with all them, were. which is a lot better than in the '50s and '60s when they were loaded with ex Nazis. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, not <wrong. laughs> you're not wrong.
0: You're not wrong.
1: You're right. You know, I, I was stationed at Redstone Arsenal for a little while going to school. It's in Huntsville, Alabama.
0: Oh yeah, where the uh, where where the other space camp is.
1: Yeah, uh, Huntsville, Alabama has, I think, the second most PhDs per capita because really, they're, That's they're fucking rocket scientists, dude.
0: I I know Owen, I know.
1: Raytheon,
0: are they are they NASA. manufacturing stuff there? Is that what's going on in Huntsville? There's,
1: there's headquarters. There's R and D. Redstone Arsenal was one of the top five most targeted spots. Nuclear missiles during the Cold War in the United States, ah. behind the Pentagon and like, you know, a couple of other spots because that's where we did a lot of research and development of missile technology. And right there today is that's why there's a space camp there. There's a space museum there. Boeing, uh, Raytheon, uh, General Dynamics, the, all of these huge, uh, and particularly aerospace, but other, you know, like weapons and and, uh, government contractors all have huge, huge offices there. But you know what else? They also have a lot of outside Huntsville, Alabama. A lot of German restaurants for (laughs) Alabama.
0: (laughs) I didn't see where that was going. You you want to
1: know what? Oh, my God. You go up into (laughs) What? what used to be the old Officers Club, which is now like their you know event center you want to know what they have built in instead of a bar I don't they have think a, I don't know. they have a, a a delicious little german uh, a beer hall built right in there
0: oh my god Did you- and they hide it they hide it they try to show they tried to show the southern districts of Hamburg and the Lederhosen from there, but most of them aren't from there. They know that.
1: Hey, look, look did you, did you ever did you ever see the Amazon series Hunters with Al Pacino?
0: No, and I need to. It's
1: I it's a mind a trip, things. man, but it was good. But they they drop a dime on Huntsville, Alabama, too.
0: Oh shit! Really? Mm. Damn. <laughs>
1: So but yeah, so th- there you are there folks. A lot of uh but I mean like Zephran Cochrane, right? Right. He made the first warp ship out of a nuclear missile.
0: Probably denuclearized.
1: Yes, but the <laughs> the point is still the same. Yep. He launched out of a nuclear missile silo in whatever, Montana.
0: Right. And he was probably like an Elon Musk kind of guy who had like a bunch of venture capitalism, like funds uh, backing him. I don't know how much like government funds he would have had to do that, but he was definitely not from the U.S. government at all.
1: No. Dollars.
0: Dollars. He was That's working do for think. dollars. That's what he was doing.
1: What was it? Dollars and naked women or something like that.
0: Something like that. For a dude that age, like, God help you if you still, like, if you still, if he's still obsessed at that point. <laughs> with the amount of, with the amount of drinking that he'd been doing and still, and still trying to sexually harass Troy. Jesus. And gross.
1: Hugh Hefner, bro.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: Larry King.
0: Oh, good point. Alright, there are people that do it. Yep, you're right.
1: Just just saying.
0: You rest your case. I get it.
1: So Star (laughs) Trek has predicted all sorts of things. I mean as controversial as the end of Battlestar Galactica was. Do you remember what, as the whatever ghost of Baltar and number six, they're walking through like modern day, whatever. And there's like news feeds running and it's like showing like those. Rise uh, on the
0: machines again.
1: Like the prototypes, like the little four legged, like yeah. walking machines and stuff like that. Yep. And <laughs> They're basically like, oh, it's all going to happen again.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, it, it, but, you're right
1: we we're, we're making these things the military has we use uh, unmanned drones now granted they're controlled we use un, we use uh controlled basically robots to defuse mines bombs take out marines laundry you know all these things that uh you know is too hazardous for for humans um so, and we've also been designing unmanned vehicles, unmanned subs, all of these things to replace people, right? I mean, Futurama has taken quite a few swings at these things as, of course, Mac Groening from The Simpsons. All satire shows take a lot of swing at these things or even make teasing predictions that have somehow come true. Like the head in the jars in Futurama. People are trying to freeze their heads, right?
0: Well, that was taken from old folklore of Walt Disney trying to freeze himself to and, be awakened in the future. But, yes, I mean.
1: Or the entire premise of cryogenics. Right. Which well, was also it, <laughs> an interesting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Yes. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that all scientific advancement is bad. I'm just trying to no, say. It's
1: not. <clears throat> Tell me, I mean, as we were getting all these vaccines, wouldn't you have liked to have had a hypospray?
0: Would have been pretty sweet. Would have been pretty sweet. Which I heard existed back in 1994, but apparently has not met FDA standards.
1: You know, some sort of hypo injector through the skin. Yeah, awesome.
0: (laughs) Through your clothes and through your skin.
1: That seems a little (laughs) weird through the skin makes more sense. But, you know, right. They they occasionally got a little sloppy with it.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: (laughs) But But whatever. So, I mean, so you have people who are actively trying to. Develop. Oh well didn't somebody did they basically like do like a microscopic warp bubble?
0: A what a what bubble?
1: A warp bubble.
0: Well, they are they have realized that bubbles create singularities under sea.
1: Right. And there's been some experiments into that. You also have uh, people who are working on matter energy transportation or uh, there here you are 3D printers
0: Okay My son has one <laughs>
1: Re- Really, right? They're like replicated. Yeah.
0: No, he's got he's got a 3D printer and actually he started he started 3D printing uh Pokemon characters and selling them at school. Very So nice. <laughs> no, trust me. I understand the the future is here, but my my ex- and actually, I probably should have brought that up. I mean, yeah, you're right. 3D printers are a very valid thing. Um, I didn't want to go towards the doom and gloom side of it, which I feel like no. I, I did.
1: <clears throat> well, we we have because at times that's the stuff that sticks out the most. But you know, we in many ways. A show that is influential as Star Trek Has Most definitely Um Influenced Things Right but Absolutely. So is Star Wars Do you know how many people are actually Creating prototype lightsabers
0: <laughs> That are like part laser Part flamethrower Wildly dangerous <laughs>
1: But some of them Look pretty damn good
0: Yeah they do you know I mean? You're right
1: We've got people actively trying to create these items.
0: Doing this Why? in their garages, by the way. They're not, they're not using billions of dollars in government funds. They're doing this in their garage. Now, think about that, that will and know-how and how far that goes. Oh, yeah. You know?
1: They had one of the guys who was on Mythbusters was building his own uh, replica Baby Yoda. Like, animatronic. Oh, baby was. Grant, yeah, before he passed. Yep. Okay, you've got... Yeah. I mean, and remember, the original R2-D2 used to be a guy in a fucking trash can. Really. And in later appearances, that was, like, all <laughs> automated.
0: Yep. Had to be. Right. <laughs> now, here's... Yeah. here. Okay. So these are all things where like these are advancements inspired by sci-fi. Now right. let me let me do something that was not inspired by sci-fi that came true. What's that? You ready? Hmm? Wearing gym clothes everywhere from idiocracy.
1: Well, idiocracy did a lot like the rise of energy drinks. The
0: yeah, well, that reality that, they, TV. They saw are, where the direction was going because the rest of energy TV show star becoming the president. Oh my balls! Like I mean, look at MTV now. All of all of MTV, and they just re air ridiculousness. Have you well, seen that no show? Music. There's no music. It, no, they re air ridiculousness. Pretty much 75 percent of their entire program schedule is re airings of ridiculousness. Looking at funny videos of people getting hurt.
1: Yeah, but you want to know what's really bizarre too about MTV? Yeah, Is that MTV Entertainment produced eighteen eighty three, the Sam Elliott uh, and Tim McGraw Western prequel to Yellowstone. No. Yeah, I was blown away too because it was so fucking good. The show <laughs> was awesome, dude.
0: <laughs> well, another that that's another discussion for another time, but um. But Ep- I mean hold on Idiocracy realized oh, it, that we would all be wearing gym clothes everywhere. Like athletic wear. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. wearing athletic wear. Have you seen have you seen the ladies with their with their leggings? And dudes are just wearing their, their the gym shorts and stuff. They've given up. I've Hey
1: hey hey, Let, let's not overdo it. You and I both remember standing next to dudes at the bus stop who wore gym shorts and a winter parka in the fucking snow.
0: Those <laughs> were awesome. kids. Those are kids. I'm talking about grown-ass adults now. <laughs> where where they show up at, at restaurants in these things now. I,
1: yeah, I don't really like that. I mean, it's different if you're, like, going through McDonald's or something or through the drive-thru, but, you know, and I'll say this. The moisture-wicking clothes that was developed for like the military and for workout stuff is extremely light and comfortable. Yes. And especially when it's hot. So there were times where I would actually just throw a one of those shirts on with maybe a pair of cargo shorts or something. But I mean, they're basically workout shirts. I don't really like wearing the workout shorts and stuff all over the place um, unless I was actively working out or when my knees would blow up. That's what I would wear because it's light and comfortable. This is not an
0: indictment on you and your physical condition.
1: No, no, no. uh, But I'm making a point.
0: (laughs) But you're right.
1: But it's also a comfort thing. Look at how many just regular polo shirts and and T-shirts are now going to this light kind of yes
0: and and that's fine too but what i'm saying is we're seeing people dressing down for bigger occasions and it's all because of the pandemic
1: well that's also true i mean we were all locked up and so people look at the right look at how much facial hair grew i heard that
0: facial hair was a big thing because of Fighting the Taliban and stuff Because a lot of the army had to grow it out And then they came home And that was a, a, a symbol of machismoism And so other guys grew their hair
1: No well yeah there's a, And of course hipsters think it's neat But
0: Oh uh, god I, hipsters I've, fuck them I've but. always <laughs> been I've, There are a couple
1: of things that I almost feel You need to earn Excellent beards And tattoos and too many people are just getting this shit because it's trendy. Like, right. guys walking down the street with, like, a fucking huge beard is like, what What do you do? Oh, I'm an artes- artisanal cheese farmer. <laughs> I'm an accountant. This... Did, were you at least an accountant for the Marine Corps? <laughs> no. Uh I mean yeah it's it's different than the business world like you'll find more people with facial hair I don't know man um, that's just me when you see guys with like full sleeve tattoos and you're like dude what's with that oh i, I like it and then you realize that they're like school teacher i mean you
0: mentioned you mentioned full sleeve tattoo the guy in the the show past tense that rescued jazia dax talked about having a full sleeve maori tattoo that he got in college in the 90s because that's what everyone did and then he had to have it removed for the corporate world because he needed to get government contracts
1: that doesn't work so much anymore especially not here no.
0: I mean, not in this situation, but, I mean, think about that. Like, the Maori tattoos and stuff that are just fucking blown now, up.
1: Well, now now he would be accused of cultural appropriation.
0: Well, that that was the other side that I was thinking about, too, yeah.
1: That, that guy was, like, <laughs> uber-white.
0: He was extremely, yeah, he, you're he right.
1: Was, he was so white, uber is probably in his fucking vocabulary.
0: <laughs> it's probably his middle name. He <laughs> should have said it that way.
1: <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see, the ride of the, the rise of the beard culture. I, I, I definitely think that there was probably a lot of due to. I know a lot of guys just when they get out, they just grow a beard, they grow facial hair, they let their hair grow because they couldn't do it for so long. Now I'm not going to let my hair grow out too long because. It only grows up thick on the sides now, so <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I keep it short because it looks better. The beard? You, you
0: mean the hair on your head? Yes, and I've noticed that. I've and noticed the top of my this, hair doesn't work; it doesn't grow as long as fa- or as fast as the sides of my head either.
1: It's by annoying. The way. Very it's very annoying. annoying. <laughs> and, and my beard? Yes, have I started growing it? Sure. Ironically enough. I probably would look weird if I walked if I was working for the company I'm working at right now without (laughs) one. But um, you know, yes, did, did I start basically the moment I left Fort Knox and drove home? I didn't pick up a razor for a month. Well, that's not true. I i i did my neck Well,
0: you, do, you have to do some cleanup you have to
1: yeah i did my I neck go did nuts. and then well i went real nuts and i shaved it off yeah and then i let it grow back and i actually think i might shave it off again here in a couple of weeks just because i'm told by friends of mine who are long-term beard growers that they occasionally or at least at the beginning they occasionally would have to shave it to kind of get your face used to it.
0: Uh, I have no, I, I I don't really have much experience in that. <laughs> I mean, I've had this goatee now for the longest period ever, and it's only because I keep <sighs> it at the shortest level that I can, so it doesn't destroy me.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. Like, I got some guys I work with who've got, like, uh, like, Lincoln, or you know, they're like you know, Z, not ZZ Top, but you know, yeah, yeah, we're talking like you know, Civil War general kind of bushy beards. Uh, yeah, I prefer a a neater approach. Uh, I don't know. It just I feel I look just a little bit more professional when I keep it neat.
0: You got straight edges.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. plus again, since all of my hair doesn't grow the same and <laughs> I get when I get my hair cut, I definitely make sure to trim the beard down. So that <laughs> it matches.
0: Right. Right. Now, I could definitely grow my goatee out like uh, and it could be it could be wild man long. But I just don't. You, you know how you see the, the men who have the mustaches that just go out, like, forward?
1: Yeah. And, and they like go out a full in. half
0: inch, and yeah. it curls down. Like, I don't understand how you can live with that. Because if, if I have a growth of, like, a week, that's too long. It's too long. It, like, the stuff that gets stuck in it, like the the, the flavors of my, of my beverages and stuff, I hate that. Well, I feel I, gross.
1: I tell you what, if I ever get a chance to talk with Sam Elliott, I'll ask him about that.
0: Uh, how does he do it? Um, does he use straws? I'd have to revert to straws. But I can't use I can't use plastic straws in California, DT. <laughs> They're he all drinks, outlawed. He
1: drinks everything straight from the bottle. <laughs> Be it whiskey, beer, or Perrier.
0: Ugh. And he doesn't have to use so many cuss words. <laughs> if you watch
1: 1883, you'll revise that statement.
0: I might. I might. <laughs> or the ranch,
1: for that matter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, all right, I think we're done with our subject. Before we, And before we go, I got a question for you. Yeah. Are you into like video games at all? I can't believe I have to ask you this.
1: Not really. No. Why? What's up?
0: Well, there's this game called Elden Ring. Have you heard about it? It just I came have. out last
1: year. It's just the one that's like a, a, like a, a collaboration of George R.R. R. Martin and.
0: That's exactly the one, yes.
1: Some dude. Some yeah. collaboration. That he could be using to finish the other books of fucking Game of Thrones?
0: <laughs> At least, yes, absolutely. He's going to die before he finishes it. We all know this. That's why I haven't started it. I'm just going to live with the, the Game of Thrones ending that we all know. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Let
1: me put it to you this way. I, I read the first book. I'd already started watching the series. But I had read the first book because it was lying around. And I actually found it in a drawer... That I inherited it uh, when I was in Afghanistan I was looking <laughs> through the drawer of the desk I'm like, oh, this is a brand new copy of Game of Thrones I tend to read a lot on deployments I'm like, alright, no, well, let's see And it's good I mean, the writing is very good Now I know why it became so popular
0: Yeah, yeah No, I think I own the first four books I just don't, electronically I just haven't touched them i know i gotta do more reading i also i also have to do more writing too i started a i started a whole thing for a, a short uh a, an audio short that i might share on this podcast but mm. um uh as like a horror episode or something but um Anyway, Elden Ring, I've been told, is the best game ever that's ever going to come out this year. And I've been told I need to get it, but I don't like role-playing games. And role-playing games are like Zelda. I feel like role-playing games are too complicated. You look like you're laughing your ass off about something.
1: Yes, and I will continue to uh, laugh and not tell you about it.
0: God damn it, stop, shut up, do it, <laughs> tell me.
1: No, it is impolite.
0: What? Anyway. Son um, of a bitch. I'll just tell the audience next time, but whatever.
1: <laughs> let, let me put it to you this <laughs> way, I mean, so, role-playing games, I, I would only get into periodically, you know, and that's back when I was playing... I'm like a a game system, and I haven't had one of those outside of an original Nintendo we have for nostalgia reasons. That's it. That's what we have in the house.
0: Yeah, well, my man nook has like an Xbox and I got a PS5. So (laughs) I have friends that are active in this that are successful people, by the way but i just don't have the same fervor for the games that they have and i'm wondering i'm i'm kind of worried that if i do it's going to mess things up too i don't know i don't know i don't know it's a stupid first world problem that i don't actually need to air on our <laughs> uh, yeah podcast but i already did so anything else you'd like to add
1: ah uh, well to be honest with you uh I just enjoy doing this, man. I have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, you know, uh we we do this. It's fun. You know, we have engaging conversations. We have fun topics. Um, with a little, little real life mixed in, but I can't tell you how much I look forward to these. I enjoy them. I love the engagement, and I got to say, when we go off the rails and just end up in another topic completely. <laughs> These it, are more fun. It, it, yeah, it's, stream of consciousness. Right. It's, it's just a lot of fun. So, I The only thing I can say is I hope everybody else is enjoying this as much as we are, because we're going to keep doing this anyway, because we like it. <laughs>
0: Well, the uh, RSS feeds are telling us uh, that we're picking up steam. so thank you, everyone. We appreciate the support. And
1: yep. if you are listening to this and you want to suggest things to us, um, go tweet ahead Tweet me
0: at PS on Twitter or at those scifi guys dot, uh, at those sci-fi guys. you can also give us feedback at those sci guys.com.
1: Yep, we are looking for some input we also don't mind the occasional suggestion here and there. We uh, we want to hear from you guys because we want to know if it's not just dead air being shot out into the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> a lot of times it is. We're still going to keep doing
1: it. <laughs> but it would be nice if somebody said, hey. We tolerate this. <laughs> I was on right, a well- long car ride with my parents. To some place I don't want to go so this one was entertaining enough thanks
0: <laughs> it'll work it'll work alright okay on that note everyone thank you very much <laughs> as far as we're concerned please you guys keep dreaming we'll keep working so long everyone take care we'll see you on the high ground It's not stopping recording. It's not stopping recording. Hold still. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Site Productions, produced by D.T. Kathman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to ThoseSciFiKais.com for past episode information.